On today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Jesus Christ has already taken the whipping for our sins. Now he asks you, why don't you now serve the God whom you helped crucify? This God who bought you, now I just want you to serve him. It won't be misery. It'll be the greatest thing you ever did. It'll be joy, unspeakable. But he just simply wants you to respond now that you're in him. This is the new life. I get to serve God like I used to serve sin but with different results. When I serve God, it will mean righteousness that leads to holiness. That means I'll be set apart from the filth of the world. It will result in experiencing eternal life, not just in the future, I will get that, but even ongoing, the path of righteousness leads to the house of the Lord forever, and just enjoy God. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. As you join us today here on the broadcast, we return to Romans chapter 6, where we see that we are free to choose whom we will serve, the significance of the gospel, and how the gospel is applied to our lives, and how it should turn around in us a desire to serve Christ, be obedient out of love, not out of duty. Please join us for a look at Romans 6 on this edition of Truth For Today. Once again, Pastor Phil Howard. I love what Packer said. Those who know God have great enthusiasm for God, and they have great energy for God. And maybe our problem is who we're serving. If you're just serving men, serving a place, you'll run out of energy. Listen to what he says. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Now, I think it's amazing. The form of teaching that Paul gave them included you being freed from sin and becoming servants of God. It was the kind, the type of teaching they were giving. You you know, uh, I'll have people say... um, I had one of my Timothy men mentioning, well, you, you're teaching a lot to Christians, a lot to Christians. Yeah, I do, because I see a lot of defeated Christians. I counsel with them. I've talked to them. I don't just get to preach. Pastor Rollins and Pastor Ted, they counsel too, but through the years, through 40 years of working with Christians, see all kinds of defeated Christians. I think save to be defeated, save to be fatigued, saved to be miserable. This is what Jesus bought. I was miserable, unsaved. Now I'm miserable, saved. But at least I get to go to heaven if I can get there quick enough. No, no, no. No. There is joy in the presence realization. I'm not living under a penalty from God. I have been truly united to Christ as the branch is to the vine, as the sheep belongs to the shepherd, as the wife belongs to the husband. I am tied to the head of the church. I'm a member of his body. I'm in a living, organic relationship without penalty. I'm in the family. I'm indwelt by the Spirit. I'm not under the law, and I can be happy about it. I can be happy about it. I can be energized about it. But I see Christians, I'm under the law. Well, get out from underneath it. You can't live it. 
God didn't save you and said, now start living it. God knew you'd be a total liability from earth to glory. He said, I'll pick up all expenses. I'm going to energize you to live this life. I want you to enjoy my salvation, not blame your misery on it. A miserable Christian is terrible advertisement. A couple of men were working at a Houston rescue mission, and they were standing on the streets, and they were inviting people to come in. And Bob Thiem tells the story when he was unsaved and a rowdy uh, military man. And these guys said, come on in, free meal, come on in. And, and, and Bob Thiem, he said, well, I want to know, uh, are you any representation of what I'll get inside? They said, yeah, come on in. He said, no, man, i got enough problems. I don't need, come on, join us. We're miserable. Come on over. Come on to the abundant, what is that? It's abundant life. I don't know. That's the name of a church over in San Leandro. You know, it's abundant something. I haven't figured out, but come on, join us. No wonder we can't give it away. If it's making us miserable, surely it can't help anybody else. Are you ever accused of having too much joy? Are you ever accused of having any? Or do the dogs start barking when you pull up? Well, moving on. Uh, You have been set free from sin, except if you're a carnal believer. Is yours there in the Bible? You're not following me. You're out there half awake. Look at it. You forgot the resurrection. You guys are looking a little warmed over. Do you see that verse? Verse 18. You have been, see, I was nicer last week as we had guests. Now with the home folks, I get rowdy. You have been, wait, wait. I'm not sure. Carolyn's my grammarian. That almost sounds like a past tense. You will be set free. Wait, how, what do you mean? You're saying I've been set free. Have I? Have I? You have been set, potentially, hopefully, maybe after you take the 13th step free, you, who's the you? Me, who's me? The man or woman in Christ has been baptized into the body and in union with Christ. You have been set free. Does God know how to use grammar? Does he know the difference between past tense and future? Well, you've been set free. Well, you said, I don't feel free. Well, we'll deal with that. There's a lot of things I am that I don't feel. But it doesn't make it true one way or the other, does it? Here's the facts. You have been set free. Well, how to get free? Well, when I took you out of Adam... When I told you the Christian life will not be under the law, but under grace, the moment you put faith in Christ and the faith in Christ's baptism event that celebrates the Spirit, puts you in the body, but you now recognize it and you go public, I am breaking with the old realm. I'm not under law. I'm in Christ. I'm under a new master. I have been set free. That's what he says. You have been. You didn't set yourself free. You've been set free. That's liberty. You've been liberated. Now, you know what happened a lot in the South? 
Once they liberated slaves because they knew no other way to live but the patterns of slavery, they went right back to the old way of living because it hit dawn on them that a war had been won to set them free. And sometimes we must know the war has been won for your liberty. Christ has won the war to set you free. We're set free on the basis of his cross work, right? Not just past sin, and I've been justified. He's now saying the justified, when they live in the present tense, are free people. Don't let any man enslave you in your Christian life. Do not. Go on. I put this in human terms, this slavery analogy, because you are weak in your natural selves. You wouldn't get it otherwise. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness. Listen to the list of what they got when they yielded to the master, the ruler, sin. This is what they got. Verse 16, it led to death, and it means eternal death, separation from God, if they died without Christ. Separation, of course, right now, but following sin will ultimately end in eternal separation. Two, he said it led to impurity. You did things in your unsaved life. Just think, if we could just project it on the PowerPoint this morning, how many of you would want your old life projected? I don't think so. Hollywood would. They'd make a movie out of it. But if you're really saved, you wouldn't want broadcast at the things you did in secret. You had a life of impurity. It's dirty, unclean. He said, it was a life that increased in wickedness. Sin is never satisfied. You've got to do more. You've got to do more. And so the impurity led to more, more wickedness. Uh, it led, you led a life that had no righteousness in it. You led a life that you were ashamed of the deeds you did in verse 21. You led a life that, he says over and over, sin always brings death. Sin always brings death. Now he says, I'm calling you to a new master. Now that you've been free, you're free to serve. Now, isn't that amazing? It's amazing that he uses the slavery of the Christian life. But it's a slavery of free people. You've been freed from sin And now you're free to serve your creator God. You're free to serve Jesus Christ. You're free to serve righteousness. Uh, You're free to obey. You're free. Sometimes I ask myself, what does God have to do to get a person to serve him? I would think you'd up the ante and put a little bit more penalty. Let's scare them some more. If you put more threats, if you don't clean up your bedroom, I want to spank you. They don't do it. You spank them, and then that's over for a lifetime. You never have to spank again. No, no. Two days later again, and you keep upping the ante. Can God get anybody to serve him because they love him? Well, he seems to say that's the only motive I leave you with now. I have set you free. I've put you in myself. I've paid for your sins. I've cleansed all the filthiness out. 
And now I just want you to take the saved life and start a new volume in your book and say, I'm now going to serve Jesus Christ like I used to serve sin. I'm going to yield my life to Christ like I automatically yielded it to sin. I have the moving story. It's a great story that uh, uh, my brother Paul, who's in the second service, his second boy, Marty, who now goes to this church, uh, would not take grades serious. He was not going to Pinole High, and he was into sports and whatever, could not get motivated to pass and to pursue his grades. And so uh, we came from a family of disciplinary spankings. We, we grew up on that. And so Paul would spank him, spank him. And finally, one day he came back home with a poor report card. They went into the bedroom where we always got our spankings. And he said to Marty, he said, Marty, I'm not going to spank you anymore. You've been spanked enough for bad grades. But I think somebody needs to pay. And from now on, your dad is going to take your spankings. But you must hit me with as many blows as I hit you because I'm going to pay for your bad grades. And he handed his boy, who was nearly six foot tall, in his junior year, said, go ahead now, Marty, and I'll count how many strokes you hit me because you've got to give me as many as I gave you. And he laid across the bed. He said, now go. Go. Son, I told you, go. And all he had was a six-foot junior in high school boy standing crying. said, I cannot spank my own father for my own failings. He said, well, would you then make an effort in school to pass? Jesus Christ has already taken the whipping for our sins. Now he asks you, why don't you now serve the God whom you helped crucify? This God who bought you, now I just want you to serve him. It won't be misery. It'll be the greatest thing you ever did. It'll be joy, unspeakable. But he just simply wants you to respond now that you're in him. This is the new life. I get to serve God like I used to serve sin, but with different results. When I serve God, it will mean righteousness that leads to holiness. That means I'll be set apart from the filth of the world. It will result in experiencing eternal life. Not just in the future, I will get that, but even ongoing, the path of righteousness leads to the house of the Lord forever, and just enjoy God. And he finally says there's two rewards given to these two masteries. The one reward for sin is merited. It's called wages. And the term there was the everyday wages you paid a Roman soldier that they would pay them a stipend at the end of the day. And he says, the wages of working for the sin master, you'll get exactly what you earn. You'll be treated exactly as you deserve, for the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from the living God. But there's another kind of pay on this day, and that is not based on merit, but a, a, a wish. And did you know what? It was very uh, not uncommon that the emperor would sometimes bestow a gift uh, to the soldiers if they'd won a campaign or done something. Besides their daily stipend, they would wind up saying, and from the emperor himself is a certain amount of money. This is gift money. 
This is over and beyond what you signed up as wages as a Roman soldier. And God says, I pay in two ways. What people deserve and what I'm free to give in grace. And at the end of a life of serving Jesus Christ, he says, guess what? I'm going to give you perpetual eternal life forever and ever and ever because you've chosen to live for the right master. What's he saying in Romans? There's two ways, two rules of life. Law represented by Israel and the law of Moses and being under grace. You can't be under both at the same time. Two different realms, the old man and the new man. You're either in Adam and need Christ, or you're in Christ. And in Christ, oh, what a position. Two rulers for life, sin and really Jesus Christ, but he uses the term righteousness and obedience. And then two rewards, the one you earn, and that's the wages of sin, and the one God freely bestows in Christ, a gift wage, not even a wage, can't even call it a wage, a gift, an unmerited favor. God says, eternal life is yours forever and ever and ever. And so, I ask you, what motivates your Christian life? Um, what, what is it? Law? You need penalty? Do you need to be threatened? Do you need to be beat up regularly to live for God? Is that what you need? And I know some Christians, they only think the sermons are good if we beat them up good. And the older I get, the fewer beat-up sermons I've got. Because I already assume people are beat up. What they need is healing and understanding of the great, unfathomable love of God for them. Then I think of the licensed crowd. Uh, I'm free to do as I please. Well, I haven't met one of those for a while. We're pretty free. Our culture's pretty libertine anyway. I look for holiness in people, because when you're serving the right master, you start looking holy. You start acting holy. See, you don't even know how to spell it, do you? What's that? Is that a hangover from the ark? No, it's biblical. God said, I'll make you to be holy like I'm holy. And by the way, Peter said it. And he quoted Leviticus 19. God is in the business of making me like himself. And he's holy. What motivates? Um, We grew up with non-drinking Christians. Matter of fact, we didn't do hardly anything but breathe. I don't know how we had children. Everything was a sin, but we figured that out. I think we, it was in our sleep. Didn't know what we were doing. Especially once we got the child, we really didn't know what we were doing. Uh, you're all so sleepy. That, those are good lines. Uh, but everything was wrong. I mean, we couldn't bowl. We couldn't go to movies. And the big line was, you got to get away from sin. Well, I can go to Richmond High. Good. I want to drop out of school. I can't go to junior high. Got to get away from sin. Got to get away from sin. Everything's sin. Everything's sin. Everything's wrong. And I believe the motive is always right because rule makers are, the heart's usually right. They're trying to put boundaries to protect us. And so we cannot impugn their motives. We really don't know. 
But I know my dad used to blow us away at the table, and he, he'd get to go, and he says, you know what, I drank all the booze I want. And uh, Hazel was the, uh, the keeper of holiness in our house. And she said, Daddy, I don't know how you talk that way in front of the children. Ruth and I said, how can you talk that way? He said, I'm just telling you, I drank all I want. And by the way, I sin all I want. Daddy, how can you be a deacon in a church and talk this way? I'm calling for your resignation. He said, what you miss, Hazel, is I don't want to. And I don't have anybody walking around with a club to see that I don't. I don't need any men legislating a bunch of rules for me. I got something going on here that determines what I do. I drink all I want, and he takes care of the want. Do you want him? By the way, he never did drink. That's kids play for him. He was, my dad and mom, you couldn't get booze in the house because their fathers were drunks. You talk about liquor, it's not a passive issue if you grew up around it and saw the pain. See, the libertine crowd want to tell me everything they can do and ignore all the pain that comes from certain habits. Be careful in our liberties, but we're free. We're not under the law, and we're not libertines that will offend everybody in our way because we're so free. We'll even give up things for the sake, for a higher motivation. The motivation is you are precious to God, you're precious to me. I'm not withholding doing it because I'm afraid of contamination, but I value you so much I can give up anything. Would you? How about giving up marriage? That's what Paul did. How about giving up being paid and take no offering from the church that was so critical of him? Would you give up? Would you really? Would you really share the gospel if you were a preacher if they wouldn't pay you? Paul did because he was motivated to be a love slave of Jesus Christ. He was serving Christ, not men. You can never, never serve both. Serve Christ, not men. And when you serve Christ, you'll be free. Pastor Phil will be back in just a moment with a closing thought here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. We trust and pray the broadcast has given you food for thought, challenged you in your walk, your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we have a copy in its entirety and its unedited form on CD. The cost is $5. Simply mention today's date when you contact us at 510-799-3171. Again, you can reach us at 510-799-3171. If you'd like to take advantage of our secure store online, you're welcome to visit valleybible.org. Click the store button and it'll take you right to our store where you can take advantage of resource materials available through Truth For Today and Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Again, valleybible.org. The phone number once again, 510-799-3171. And if you're writing to us, the address is Truth For Today, P.O. Box 5158, Hercules, California, 94547 is the zip code. 
Now, Truth For Today is a ministry extension of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Having said that, we do still depend upon your financial and prayerful partnership with us. It is through the ministry of listeners such as yourself that we're able to continue the ministry of Truth For Today here on this radio station. We would invite you to contact us. Let us know today, won't you, as to how you can link arms with us financially or prayerfully as we continue this ministry here on this radio station. Again, 510 510- 799-3171 is our phone number, or Truth For Today, Box 5158, Hercules, California, 94547 is the zip code. And as always, you're welcome to visit valleybible.org. You can make a secure donation there online, valleybible.org. Well, as promised once again to close out today's broadcast with a word of prayer, considering all that we've discussed here today on Truth For Today, once again, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Free as you've ever been. Our Father, thank you for the freedom we have in Christ, that we're not under law, we're not under penalty. Thank you, Lord. And I don't have anybody subscribing and telling me how to live this Christian life but the New Testament and the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad, glad, Lord, that you can put gratitude for such a Savior as sufficient motivation to want to please him. Conquer our hearts with the love of the cross so that sin will never look good. Christ is what's wonderful. Bless your precious people and uh, help us to go after all those who came last week and won't be here till another Easter. Let us see them as potential mission field to win them to the love of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Thank you, Pastor Phil. And friend, thank you for joining us here today on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Until next time, God bless. bless